Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Waylin, recorded in January 2023. She shares her story of what it's like to work in a family business, the highs and the lows. We're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today, I have with me Hui Lin. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, well, um, well, obviously, I'm, I'm, my name is Hui Lin. I'm Singaporean, born and bred. Uh, and uh, the only time I actually really um, left to live overseas was to move to Lausanne where we obviously met in yeah. school, uh, went to hotel school at Hotelier in uh, Lausanne for my hospitality uh, um, course. Um, and from there we got got myself a bachelor of science in uh, business management and hospitality. Uh, I, I am um, the eldest child, a very typical eldest child in a family of, um, of, of uh, three siblings, two younger brothers. Uh, I'm the only girl and um, I'm currently now in a uh, family business and I work very closely. I used to work very closely with my parents, uh, but they, they have now retired. They handed the keys over <laughs> right at the beginning of COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> they were, Here are the keys. Have fun. We're out. <laughs> uh, and uh, I also have uh, very fortunate enough to be able to work with my middle brother, Juan Yi. Uh, so um, him, him and myself, we are both running the family business right now. And the family business is uh, not directly um, in the hospitality uh, um, industry per se. We are in an industry parallel to it. We're on the supply side. Uh, so we supply um, a lot of uh, operating small equipment. So for those who aren't familiar with um, that term, basically if you turn a hotel upside down and you shake it, everything that falls out, you know, basically that's stuff that we can do. Um, so the so the business has been around for about 35 years, uh, started by my mother. Uh, my father joined um, about 15 years later. And we have our, head, our headquarters are, is in Singapore, where I'm based. Uh, we have an uh, office in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and um, an office in Ho Chi Minh and one in Hanoi. Um, so my, my brother heads out the uh, Ho Chi Minh um, um, office in the Vietnam market. So that's that's basically it. Um, yeah, so took over. Now I'm current, currently the, the group CEO of the company. Great. Thank you so much for that introduction. And um, yeah, a couple of questions off the back of that. But the first one I'm going to ask is um, why study hospitality? Well, um, yeah, so <laughs> hospitality was never really, you know, growing up, no one, well, because you know, you don't think about, I want to be a GM, I want to be a hotelier, right? Uh, I I actually wanted to be an actress, a theater actress, uh, well, stage actress. I was not interested in TV. Uh, I, I love theater. I love, um, I love being on the stage. I love the, the, the interaction with the people on the stage that you're working with or acting with and, and with the audience, right? And what I love so much about the theater and not um, film or TV was that every night when you perform, it may be the same script, the same people you work with, but so long as the audience is different, the whole experience becomes very different. 
And that's what I really, really, truly enjoyed about the, the, you know, the experience in theater. So obviously coming from um, an Asian family of very Asian parents, they were not about to finance <laughs> this actress. <laughs> and my dreams they they did not believe that it was sustainable which okay I know I, I I get I get where they come from um so they said you have to have a you know think of plan b and while I was thinking of plan b I I you know um, ended up getting a part-time job at Starbucks um, because as any good Asian mother would also do is cut my allowance after <laughs> graduating from high school or the equivalent of and so I ended up uh, working about seven months in, in hospitality. And that was my first uh, foray into uh, F&B and working um, in, in, in the, the industry. So I found it very similar to basically being in theater. You work mm -hmm. with the same group of people all the time. You prepare, you, and every single day is different depending on uh, who comes in and who interacts with you. And, and that's what I found very exciting that every day was never the same. Um, and you got to build a, a rapport and relationship with, uh, with with the people that you work with, but you also got to engage outside and and and, and interact with people outside of you know the company, and, and that's what I really enjoyed. And I think um, then I thought about it, and my dad suggested, "Just look, you know, if you love hospitality, it's very similar to theater. Why don't you give hospitality a go and see if that's really something that you want to do?" And of course, conveniently, it happens to be that my parents or the family business happens to be in the same industry as well. So that's how I ended up um, in hospitality. And uh, yeah, and I'm loving it. I think it's it's everything, it's everything like what I uh, have expected. And I've enjoyed the journey so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've never um, used, I've heard of th theater being used to describe hospitality, but hearing you say this now, it is so true, right? Like, every day it's kind of like the same script like you know it's the same menu it's the same people that you're working with on a day-to-day -day basis right but then the people that you're having with as your guests is changing constantly and you you have that different you're feeding off of each other in many ways right depending on who you've got as your customer you just have a different interaction with them as a result of that so I think I'm going to use that in the future as well when trying to describe what hospitality is <laughs> It's it's so true, right? Because when you're behind this, in your behind the scenes, like backstage, everyone's running around, and you know everyone's emotion is or adrenaline is rushing, and 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 then the moment you step on the stage, or when you like you open the doors in a hotel, right from back of house to front, suddenly the music changes, mm -hmm. the environment changes, the sound, you know everything changes, and then suddenly you're just like you know proper. <laughs> you, you're, you're putting you're your stage on. face on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and um yeah it's and, and like with any events that you do in a hotel as well as well or a restaurant it never goes according to plan everything is, <laughs> is you know and but the event just turns out well and everyone yeah. loves it so yeah yeah the guest doesn't true. actually know the chaos that's happening behind the scenes right <laughs> <laughs> no not at all and that's when you you know open a bottle of wine or have a beer after and you just go wow i can't believe you pulled that off yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so you said you, you know, born and raised in, in Singapore and the only time you went abroad was to go to Lausanne. What was that experience like living in another country for the first time? Well, I mean, I, I traveled a lot as a kid mm -hmm. uh, we, I mean, on vacation, but of course, it's never really like living in another country. So uh, so I was a bit of a oddly enough in Lausanne you know, in EHL, I was a minority because there's so many of our mm -hmm. our 
our um, schoolmates that lived and were born in one country, grew up in another, and you know, so so for me, moving to another country was a massive step. Uh, I always knew that I was I was I was going to do my university overseas. But I always expected it to be maybe like Australia or the US where they actually spoke English. Mm. Or like, and, and, and I did not think um, going to Switzerland was, was something that I would have done. And also considering that English was not your first language. So I had to pick up French, uh, even though that the course was in English. But um, that was actually quite a big step outside of my comfort zone. I was going to go to a country that I've never been to in my life uh, into a, 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 a little city or town more like it that didn't speak any that that wouldn't really speak that much English so uh, it was it was kind of daunting I um, I'm very glad that I did it because um, that at least gave me the assurance that um, I had enough gumption and guts to be able to do so mm. And I think that set the the, the precedent of, of how I start looking at a lot of things you know, later. Of course, I was super scared. And it, Lausanne really wasn't my first choice. Um, I wanted to go where all my friends were going, which was basically either to Australia or the US. And um, to go to a country, to a school where I did not know one single person, um, that was that was scary. But it turned out to be probably one of the best, um, best things that I've ever done. I mean, those of you who are watching that uh, went to Lausanne, when I went to Lausanne a long, long time back ago, um, there were hardly any Singaporeans. Um, I think we we know of a mutual friend, Odell. She was the only one that was in that was Singaporean in my semester, and I think uh, just another couple of other Singaporeans. So a little bit of a fish out of water, but um, was fantastic. I mean, I honestly, hands down, best decision I've made. Uh, one of the best decisions that I've ever made yeah I agree that Lausanne was the best four years of my life and and very similar to you like I've, I'd been to Switzerland all my life you know my grandmother was Swiss uh, you know almost a lot of summers we'd go and spend there but you know we ne we only interacted with family so you know the question of language was never a thing and it was always in the Swiss German part right so then all of a sudden I'm in the French speaking part where I also don't speak the language and similar to you Yes, I had lived in many countries before, but it's it's so different when you're a kid, right? Then when this is a, as an adult, you're going for the first time. And similar to you, like I didn't know a single person, like none of my friends from Bangladesh where I finished my high school were going to go to Switzerland. Um, and, and, and it was pre-Google as well. Let's not forget that, right? Like we didn't have <laughs> the opportunity to use Google Maps to help navigate our way around or use social media to make connections. So, but because the one thing that I did feel that everyone was kind of in that same boat, like very few people were coming with people that they knew, right? Maybe some of the French section, yes, but in the English section, everyone was kind of there on their own. And I think that just, made it so much more special that everyone made an effort to communicate and get to know one another and you know start making friends and which I really enjoyed that even though you were what two years senior to me that, that we were still like we were small enough as well that we you know we made friends across all our different semesters which I really appreciated from the time that we were there oh completely yeah agree and so after graduating you came back to Singapore I'm assuming Yes, I did. Um, yeah, so 
I think it, it probably would have been a, a better option um, hindsight now that I had gone out and, and explored and done other stuff and uh, worked for other people rather than just, you know, go straight into the family business, which is what I did. Um, yeah, I guess it's, you know, when there's no right or no wrong to, to certain situations. Um, personally, I think looking back would, would have been something that I would have enjoyed. But there's also a big risk where right? I have never I may have never made the decision to come back mm. as well. So. Uh, yeah, so right after school, I, I came back to Singapore um, and, and four months um, after graduating, then I joined the family business and started bottom up, you know, um, the warehouse, um, you know, admin roles, filing and, and slowly moved up um, into sales and in local sales and then into international sales. And, and so, um, yeah, I spent 17 years um uh, in the business um we now currently my 18th year coming up now um yeah so but the, the job has given me a lot of opportunities to travel and to be in the country you know be in situations or uh meet up with people and and go to different countries that um i think i've um you know a lot of people would not have had the opportunity to so i've been pretty fortunate in that uh the only thing was i didn't get a chance to live in another country which is what something I would have enjoyed, but um, it's okay. I'm I'm happy where I'm at, uh, and 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 with the amount of travel that I I used to do pre COVID, um, Singapore is a very very good base to have. Good hub. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think one of my regrets was I should have stayed in Switzerland after graduating, um, because my French was getting so good. I think if I'd stayed for maybe one or two more years, I could have really picked that up, and it would have stayed with me. But then staying in London for fifteen years, I just lost so much of it but similar to you I I wasn't planning to stay in the UK for as long as I did um, but kind of life just happens and I had the opportunity to travel with with my previous job that I had right so it, it got me out and it, it's like it's such a good hub to, people are always coming in and out of it and you get to stay connected with so many different people as well so I think whatever situation we find ourselves in you know it's it's seeing the positives in it and what have we learned um, from mm. it as well. Yeah. And um, so, you know, you said you started from the bottom up. What was that like, you know, I, you know, obviously being with the family, learning all the different areas, was that, was that a conversation that you had with your family that you're going to go straight into the family business or was that something that you kind of just fell into? Um, I, I think my, my parents, it was a little bit more planned in their mind, uh, for mine, it was a little bit less, uh, obviously, you know, graduating in your early twenties, going, you know, to work for your parents was the last thing, um, on your mind. Uh, the, the fortunate thing is I, I do have a wonderful relationship with my parents. And so it, it almost seemed effortless or an easy, uh, um, decision to make, to go into the, the business and at the, at the back of your mind, you always think, well, if it doesn't work out, you can always move on. Right. Mm. Uh, and, but you know, for most, most people in family businesses that you know, hopefully doesn't come to that. So it wasn't really much of a conversation. Um, you know, my parents were just saying, why don't you just come in and try if it doesn't work out, you can move on, which obviously, um, you know, if it did or didn't, I'm still where I am today. Right. You know, I, I've still stuck it out. So, yeah, I don't think it was a it was was much of um planning, um, and I think it was there was a little bit more um with any family business, and I don't know if those of you are listening in who who have family businesses or been in, you know with family businesses, 
there's a lot less structure. Uh, it may appear um, that there is from the outside, but genuinely, you know, there's nothing that prepares you for the emotional and the professional side to working with your parents mm -hmm. or if any, you know, uh, family member for that matter. Um, and I don't think, uh, I wish I was better prepared for it. I, I genuinely do. Um, but I've been very fortunate that I've had a, a lot of very good support with my friends and even um, people within the company um, that that supported me a lot, a lot during my journey. It's never easy having your parents as your boss. Um, it's never easy, especially, um, you know, personality clashes. And, and when you come in and you have an idea of how things should be run and they don't see it that way so so there's a lot of of of, of challenges that we've had in the last um years in, in for me being in the business but I always think that you know if if there isn't sometimes if there isn't pushback or strife or 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 um discussion then things don't move forward so I think um a lot of that has has, has happened it was, a, it was a long journey for my parents and myself um has never been always easy and I've never been you know I was never the sort of person that pretended that it was uh so it's it's so most people ask me what's it like being in a family business I said that you don't you, there's nothing that that you can do to really prepare yourself to be in a family business um it's it's a lot and it has a lot to do with you and less with them because mm. you you try and control your parents right or try to manage them that's not going to happen so the main thing is is you have to you have to figure that out on your on your own and work around them. And that's going to be probably one of the hardest things to, to ever learn being in a family business. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. I don't think anything there's anything in the world that can prepare you for working in a family business. And I think whether you work in a family business or not or any business, like there are always going to be strife, right? It's how you you go through it and what you do and what you learn out of it afterwards as well. And you're right. You can never, ever, um, you know, control your parents or manage your parents <laughs> professionally or in personal life. I, I know that, that much for sure. But the one thing, and this goes for anyone, you know, the one thing that you can change control or make a difference is yourself, you know, how you react to situations, mm -hmm. how, how your emotions are are playing out and and what you do in that circumstances right that's the only thing that you can um have yeah have control over yeah completely yeah and so you said your your mother started the business and you know since we're talking about you know inspiring women um what was it that inspired her to start the business and were you inspired by her as well i think um you know, my mother came from, um, so I won't say a disadvantaged background, but they came from a very large family, didn't have a lot of money. Um, her dream was always to go into hospitality. Uh, at a point in time, Singapore Airlines had just started. And for her, that was the, you know, Singapore girl, you know, getting on a plane, traveling. And, and you know, that was the idea of hospitality there. And she wanted to go, also at a point in time, Shatek, uh, which is the, uh, which was the equivalent I mean, a hospitality school was started in Singapore. And um, fun fact is actually Lausanne, EHL, had something to do with the setup of the school here. So that was a school that she wanted to go into uh, because she wanted to do hospitality. But, you know, because of um, um, her background, it was not possible. So she ended up going to secretary school, like all, I guess, good females at that point in time would do, become a secretary. Mm -hmm. And so she went straight to work and, um, you know, um, 
was a secretary. And then when she met my father, uh, you know, got married and um, had myself and my younger brother. And, and he basically said to her and says, look, if you want to do something different, now's the time. So I've got a good job. The two kids are, you know, we're okay. We're, 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 we, had a, we had a good nanny. <laughs> says, if you want, if you want, you know, to, to do something different, now's the, now's the time. And um, she says, so what do, what, what should I do? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't, nothing but you know, being a PA to somebody. Mm. And uh, she happened to be uh, the PA to one of the senior management in um, a hospitality related company. And she says, well, I know this industry. So if I do come out, I would want to stay in this industry, but I do not want to compete with my mm. bosses or compete with the company that has hired me. And so they had a bit of a chat and then, you know, um, they decided to go into the small, small wares, right. To, to represent brands, uh, and that's what that's what she did. She started small. Her and her youngest sister, my aunt, uh, worked out of my grandfather's office. He gave them a desk. And in 87, that's what they did. She at a point in time was heavily pregnant with my youngest brother. And um, yeah, I had him while starting up the business. So I, I love the fact that um, she she basically went into something and, you know, without any idea of how or you know, or any background. Um, and she just went ahead and she did it. Uh, and she just pushed through. And 35 years later, you know, we are in an in international company with brands that are recognized by by well, our own personal brand, right? That we, we develop, recognized by corporate offices around. Um, I, I think when she started the business 35 years ago, she did not expect it to be where it is today. So I think... Um, what inspires me about hers is, is really not about finding excuses of why you can't do it because there'll always be a reason why you can't um, and just really saying, you know what, screw it, let's just do it, right? And and, and that's what that's what she did. And uh, today she's, she funnily would say, oh no, I'm just a housewife and she's nowhere near a housewife. <laughs> but, um, but that's what my mom likes to sometimes describe itself as, but no, not at all, yeah. Yeah, it's well, thank you for sharing that story. And yes, I can see how she can be an inspiration. Um, but, you know, that saying that I'm just a housewife, you know, it kind of almost. Um, what's the word? It doesn't put the emphasis on all the work that she did do. Right. And I think women in general tend to not take the. The credit for the work that they've done you know like or someone says you know oh, that was a great project oh my team did such a great job and yeah. instead of saying something like oh under my leadership the team did a great job you know it, it, things like that so it was a conversation I was having with someone the other day as well it's just we need to get better at advocating for ourselves um, talking about our successes and our wins and then having a group of people supporting you as well saying the same thing because the more that we can talk about our successes and wins, the the more that we can inspire others as well and also be proud of the work um, that we have been doing. Yeah, I, I think for, for women, we tend to be overly unforgiving of ourselves. Mm. We we tend to be kinder to others than we are on ourselves. Yeah. So um, when you when you ask women to talk about their success, it's always, yes, I got lucky or oh, yeah. oh, oh because you know, I had this support and all of that. And when something goes wrong, they take it on themselves and say, yeah, I messed up. I should have done this better or I could have done this better or I dropped the ball on this. And so when things go wrong, we take it on ourselves to 
to take the blame. Yeah. And when things do go right, you know, you you kind of say, well, you know, it, it can't be all me. It's 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 there's so many other factors that made it happen, right? So I think the main thing is that we we are not very we're not very kind to ourselves at times. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not very forgiving. Yeah. No, I think that's something we definitely need to learn to be better at. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, that journey to becoming now the group CEO and, you know, your parents stepping out of the way and not, I mean, in some ways it could almost be a comfort blanket, right? Like they're, they're there to kind of support you. And like you were saying, you know, take the success and the blame <laughs> as well if something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, but what was that journey like for you? And of course, at perhaps one of the most challenging times just before uh, COVID must have been an interesting journey as well. Well, I think one of the uh, one of the key challenges um, I had working with them was, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt being in a family business uh, because you never really know that you did whether you did do a good job or whether you got that job because you are good mm. or because, you know, you're related. Right. And there is always this level of insecurity about what people think around you because unfortunately, you know, you truly will never have that level of friendship with the people that you do work with um, purely because you're in a position of management and because you have different lens and different paradigm for what people would see. You are not an employee. You, you, you have ownership and responsibility to the business. And so the way that you, you are vested in it becomes very, very different. And, and being in a family business, you start from bottom up. So you want you you have this desire to want to have colleagues, you want to have friends in, within the business, but everyone looks at you differently knowing that, yeah, she's eventually going to be my boss one day. And so that's, that's the difficult part. And your parents also will look at you, treat you like an employee, pay you less than an employee, but mother you like you are the daughter, you know, because you are the mm-hmm. daughter, right? And so they can, it's very hard for them to separate being the parent and being the boss and so that's I think probably one of the biggest challenges and it was probably one of the biggest minefields that we had to navigate um, in this business and I mean I, I've spoken about this candidly as well that we needed external help to come in to um, to put things into place and to bridge myself between myself and my parents because as next generation you have very different ideas of how things should be run and and they have a very different view of uh, of of how things were run and how the future would look like. So we've had ma- massive disagreements. Uh, there are days that that you know, yeah, my my brother also have experienced that after a bit of a row. You know, my mom did talk to him for two weeks, right? Which boss would do that to you, right? So so this is these are certain things that you're going to have to work around. Um, and so that 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 was probably one of the the biggest biggest challenges because whatever we put forward as an initiative, um, the whole company looks to both of them as being the the be all and end all, right? So we can put an initiative across and they would, you know, off the cuff, shoot every idea down, not intentionally, but they don't, because there is such a high level that anything that you put forward, even though it's well-planned, they can strike it down immediately. So that gets a bit frustrating, especially for someone like myself that um, wants to take things to the next level. So that was the the key challenges that we had. Um, And with COVID, you know, it wasn't a great time for the world. In fact, it's probably within our generation. I think it's the first major world crisis that this generation has probably seen. 
um, for us being in the hospitality industry, it obviously hit us very hard um, because, you know, when the hotels won't open, restaurants won't open, we don't get any business. Mm-hmm. But because at the same time, you know, COVID forced so much change on all of us that when I took over uh, with, with my brother backing me and also another business partner, uh, Christoph, that backed me, uh, it gave us the opportunities, kind of like it, it carved the way for us to get to where we wanted to get to a lot faster because it was so uncertain that whatever little change that came along, people were more accepting of. Mm-hmm. If my parents had said, here, take over at uh, at any normal time, the pushback, the resistance, um, you know, the level of doubt and all of that would probably have taken us a lot longer to get to where we want to go to. So we did a lot of cleanup, a lot of change, a lot of uh, restructuring during the COVID period, including the way that we work, how the offices were run. And, and COVID actually helped, but helped us put this in place because when we stepped in during a crisis, um, whether people were for us or against us or, you know, my mom, you know, believe my parents ran the business better at a point in time in a crisis, anybody has stepped up to a leadership position people all automatically look towards them and say, okay, now you need to help us get out of this. And that's what COVID did for us. And so um, it became a blessing in disguise. And as much as I do joke and say, well, my parents gave it, you know, gave me the keys as, as the world shut down. uh, I would, I would actually admit that probably could not have been at a better time uh, for it to happen. And only two years has passed. And for the amount of change that we wanted to make happen, it, it happened quickly Mm. and quite um, effectively as well. So that, that for, for that matter, I'm, I'm, I'm quite grateful for. And it also forced my parents to step back because they couldn't travel. So they couldn't show up at the office. They go, no, no, I don't agree. <laughs> so they basically um, stayed in their apartments and come in occasionally on some Teams calls. But other than that, you know, we, we, we had the space to, to be able to make the changes. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think with COVID, for sure, it was probably one of the hardest things our generation has ever had to face. And, you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, really difficult time and tragedy come from it. But on the other hand, it's great to hear some of your stories like yours, right, where it was an opportunity to bring in change at a faster rate than perhaps previous and to really solidify your leadership position now within the organization and you know people look to leaders at times of crisis and it's how the leaders behave perform act speak talk that really you know helps to bring out their true um, character and leadership so I think and a lot of it is also um, kind of going back to what we're saying about kindness it's the kindness that comes out in leadership as well that's a it's a true sign um, of that you're in a good position too. Um, and so, aside from COVID, um, and you know the learnings that you had from there, what are some of your own personal learnings that you've had about yourself? You know, things that we know about ourselves today. You know, we didn't know five years ago or ten years ago. A lot of what of the work that I had to do for myself personally was about finding my voice. You know, making and proving to myself that I, I deserve to have the seat at the table and, and to be able to come in and share my thoughts and opinions as well. That was a bit of a learning journey to kind of get myself across the line and be like, no, I have the right to be here. 
and finding my voice was very much part of that journey. Um, what were some of your uh, learnings as well? Um, that's a that's a very interesting question because uh, from where I started out to where I am today, uh, I think one of the the key things was which I'm still struggling with, and we we talked about it just now is you know for me there's a lot of insecurity with you know am I doing the right thing? Um, could I have done it better? Uh, you know, even if it was a success, you know, you spend so much time dissecting what went wrong rather than celebrating what did go right. And, and there's a lot of self-doubt that sometimes creeps in, especially, you know, when I, when, when you run a family business, right, you don't know if people are genuine about what, you know, what they're saying about you or to you. Um, I, I think that the, the, the main thing um, that I've, I've learned since starting out the business to, you know, and when I first left school and where I'm today is, um, honestly, be kind to yourself. You know, it's okay. Um, the other thing that I've learned is ask for help. Uh, because, you know, uh, those of you who know me quite well, I can be quite uh, assertive. And, you know, I have this, uh, you know, I, I would call it persona, not that it's not me, um, but it's, a, it's one part of me, right? one, one facet of me to be, you know, have to be very strong and to you know, not show emotion and, and to, you know, to, to take the leadership position. And, and unfortunately, you know, it, that is so different to sometimes how I feel, you know, and, and that is a bit of the, the struggle. So I, I need to learn to be kind to myself. Um, I need to be able to, to, to look at something objectively and, and, and give myself credit where it is due and be objective if it's wrong as well and then figure a way to make it better. Um, it's always good to ask for insight, and I think uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, change came for when we had our external business partner, um, who was basically came in as my coach and mentor about eight years ago. He became sort of like the window to or the mirror, basically, mm -hmm. and to have someone give you honest, truthful feedback that is so important. I think as a leader right now, more than anything. I value and appreciate honesty above all because you do want someone to tell you the truth. And that, you know, after all these years I found became, became something that I valued the most because a lot of decisions that I would have had made a lot of reactions or something that I've done reactively. Had I known the truth that would have been, or someone had told me the truth, I may have done things differently. Mm -hmm. So uh, ask for help, seek, seek the truth and confront reality because that is basically what it is, right? Can you change with the environment that you're in? If you can, what, what is it that you can change and is it worth changing? So these are the things that, that I've, I've, I've learned along the way. Uh, I would like to think I've mellowed out a little bit. Um, I think it depends <laughs> who you are in my life. Uh, but I've also learned to, to think a lot more um, and stop, think, and then do. When I was a lot mm -hmm. younger, that did not exist. You would do something and then think about it later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, th those are a lot of really good um, learnings. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, asking for help, asking for honesty, it, it's hard. You know, I think the more senior you get in any position, um, it's hard to find that honesty or for people to be that honest to you. So finding that somebody who you can have that relationship with is incredibly important. Um, at any stage of your life. So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, and I would love to keep talking about that, but I will go on to my final question and ask you who inspires you. Well, okay, so there is no one person that inspires me. Um, neither is there, um, like, you know, some people will say, oh, I don't know, Elon Musk inspires me or, who you know, I, I don't have that in my mind. Um, and I was, I was actually thinking about it, you know, um, was who, who, where do I get my inspiration? Who inspires me as a person? And I, and I realized that I, I draw inspiration from people that I actually know, because it's so easy to look up in someone and read about them in journals or in the newspaper or see them at a TED talk, right? That is all um orchestrated or it's kind of like mm -hmm. it's it's not I mean it's planned right and you you only see the part of them that that they want you to see um most of the time when I'm going through a very very difficult um uh, situation or or I need you know I, I need somebody to inspire me I, I actually look at the people that I know personally because then I know it's achievable and I know it's relatable um so if I'm going through a specific you know, well, if I'm going through a tough time for a very specific reason, I look to my support network and I look to certain people that have maybe potentially overcome certain things or um, had to fight a similar, similar battle. And then I look to them to be inspired and to draw inspiration from. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I like that is because you can still have a conversation with them. You can say, hey, you know, I'm going through this and I know you, you went through the same thing 10 years ago. How did you get yourself out of it? Yeah. And then that's when they tell you and you know, hey, you know what? I'm not crazy. You know, I it's not just me, right? Um, so that basically helps a lot. And and I realized that looking at someone that's that that's so removed from you, I, I found that that didn't help me a lot. Um, and I'm gonna say something else a little bit, tad bit controversial as well. Uh, sometimes I draw inspiration for people that have let me down or that have not stepped up to the plate or um that I don't know that I've I've been disappointed in, mm -hmm. right? Because we always end up thanking the people who have supported us and been with us all the time. But a big part of my transformational change also came from people who weren't nice to me, who weren't kind to me, who mm -hmm. who let me down. And I turn around and say, you know what? I see where you are, I see where I'm at, and I'm going to make a change because I'm not going to be that. You mm -hmm. know? So that in a sense is a bit of a reversal. Uh, you may do it. I, I mean, I used it used to come from a bad place that you were angry at a person, mm -hmm. but now I realize that you know when they come into your life and force you into a situation, you will have to kind of figure yourself out, and is you either go down with it or you step up and be better. And I think these negative people in my life have, in some ways, made me a better person. Mm -hmm. And also the people around me that I've that supported me, I drew a lot. I draw my inspiration from as well. So yeah, it's a very long way of answering <laughs> who inspires me. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that. And also, you know, that's also what I'm trying to achieve with these podcasts and these stories, you know, each one of our journeys are different, but within them, they'll, you'll always find something that inspires you as well and that you'll connect with. And like you said, oh, I'm not the only one, you know, it's happened to somebody else. So by sharing these stories and making them more, I guess, um, not not achievable like what's the word 
you can actually appro approachable that's the right oh, word yeah. you can approach them and talk to them because someone you know someone as famous as michelle obama like yes she's great but like you're never going to have an opportunity to really talk to her one-on-one -on -one, right whereas this is like with a variety of different voices and stories you might actually find someone that you can get to know and have a conversation with because you're absolutely right because that's when you can have a chance to really ask the questions that you want to ask that mm -hmm. perhaps you know you won't be able to ask someone that you can't approach so thank you so much for sharing that and thank you for sharing your story with us today thank you for letting me well thank you for listening to me and letting me tell it <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality. Mm -hmm.